It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 2nd of July. We get ready to roll with the Jazz schedule finally coming out since we haven't talked about it yet. We'll talk about Mike Conley's incredible predicament and what that means and take your questions Talk some basketball and fire it up all on Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give me your insight, expertise, geeky numbers. It's all brought to you by rockauto.com. Thanks very much for joining me today. Live show on Twitch, on Facebook, on YouTube. We'll get the chat room going as well. We'll take your comments uh, thanks for those of us. We had a false start a little bit on some of these, so thank you very much. Um, I want to apologize. I did not intend to not do shows for the last three days. My daughter was playing in a golf tournament in El Cajon, and somehow I thought I'd be able to get them done, and that just wasn't going to work out with morning tea times and it's kind of a light. Uh, I'm pretty loud, and our hotel situation was... I would have been waking everyone up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and then I knew most of the people that were around us. So um, so anyway, I apologize. It didn't work out. So I didn't plan to only do uh, two shows. I will do another show tomorrow. Uh, we'll have had Donovan Mitchell and George Niang and Mike Conley and Joe Ingles all on. Um, so I will make sure we have that sound for you tomorrow. But today I really wanted to just chat with you. So phone lines are open. We haven't talked about the schedule. It came out Friday, uh, and we'd already done our show. So, Pelicans, Thunder, Lakers, Grizzlies, Spurs, Nuggets, Mavericks, Spurs. What's interesting about this is it's ranked about the 15th schedule overall out of 22. So, it's actually a pretty, or 16th, it's a pretty easy schedule, which tells you, you know, reminds you that, like, the, the bad teams aren't there, right? So, you're not getting the Warriors this year. You're not getting games against the Knicks and the Hawks and those types of games because those teams aren't there. So suddenly having non-playoff Pelicans, Spurs, uh, are, um, non-playoff Spurs, non-playoff Spurs, three of your eight games against what they're classifying as non-playoff teams does make your schedule a good deal easier. The concern I had the minute the schedule came out, and I think this would have just been no matter what, is holy smokes, who's guarding the power forwards on the other team? Right? So night one is Zion. Like, are we putting Royce O'Neal on Zion Williamson? I think we're going to have to be double teaming and bringing some help, and I'm not even sure that matters. Gallo against the Thunder is probably all right, but he's 6'10". Anthony Davis with the Lakers, if in fact he plays in game three. Jaron Jackson in game four. Trey Lyles with the Spurs is fine, and whoever they end up playing. Millsap and Grant's probably fine, and then depending on what the Mavericks do, it could be Chris Stapps-Persingas, depending how they're playing without Dwight Powell and things. So that was kind of the first reaction I had to the schedule was like, holy smokes, you know, this is a, uh, this is a pretty outrageous, uh, power forward lineup you have to deal with. Now, maybe that's just the reality when you're missing your power, your primary power forward. And it's not like Boyan's a defensive master, but he's just, he's at least six, seven and he's big and wide. And we're down to six, four. I mean, we're crazy small for this tournament. We're 6'4 with Royce O'Neal. We're 6'7 with Joe Ingles. And then we're 6'1, 6'1 with Donovan uh, and Mike. And then we're, you know, Jordan Clarkson's a 6'4. So 
we're going to have to play in a different manner than we've played before, just as small. Probably have to play quick, um, see if we can get out in front of people a little bit, uh, see if we can really drive the lanes early rather than maybe coming off the setups. We've been a mid-shot clock team was when we're at our best. I think that might have to change a little bit. Um, so I, I think that the when you... Uh, when you look at those various aspects of things, I think that's going to be maybe the part that's the most, you know, the biggest change in, in how we possibly um, are able to get that done. Um, that's, to me, what's going to be the trickiest part about this matchup and uh, what's taking place uh, with with the Jazz. Uh, get the questions rolling. I do have two notes on our live. One from, unfortunately, one from Periscope and one from Facebook that you're not you're not getting video this time. Uh, these are restream problems, unfortunately. I'm actually going to get in touch with them. I'm not sure um, if that's still true and you're not getting video on those formats. Please let me know on Instagram. We are up and live and rolling. Uh, yesterday, Mike Conley met with the media. Pretty incredible conversation. His wife is due... August 27th. Now, I'm not like want to get into their too personal life at all, but like August 27th is the absolute 100% most perfect time to ever have a baby if you're an NBA athlete on a regular schedule. Like, I mean, maybe August 1st is better, but like give the Conleys credit. Like, I'm just kind of joking. My tongue's in firmly implanted in the cheek here. But to some extent, they planned this thing perfectly. They... And now it's the now it actually can't be it can't be worse of a time for them to be able to um, have a um, in, in any it can't there can't be a worse time for them to be having a baby. So um, the when you start to think about the way that it works is if Mike's wife is due August twenty seventh and the Jazz get out of the first round. I believe, and he wants to go back for the birth of the baby, or if it times out that that's like game five, six or seven, he goes back for the birth of the baby, totally reasonable. The new circumstances, though, that if you leave the bubble, I think he has to come back and be quarantined for at, least, at minimum 24 to 36 hours while being tested again before he's able to come out of uh, the bubble. So uh, I think that, that in, in that sense... Um, this is, you know, there actually can't be, you know, if we get eliminated by then it's, it's going to be fine. And I, you know, there's a chance we lose in the first round. This is a wacky circumstance. We're losing Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, so there's a lot of, like, if we lost in the first round, I don't think any of us would be like, oh, well, what a total failure and disaster, um, by the team. I think we would probably look at this a little bit and be like, okay, I get it. Like, I kind of understand what just happened there. We lost one of our primary guys. It was a wacky season move on. And let's see if we can get rolling for the next season. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, at least that's my take on it a little bit. So, uh, you know, who knows how this is going to play out. But I, um, it will be certainly be interesting to me um, of, of what happens on this. I mean, August 27th means, if I have this understanding right, um, means that he ends up playing... Um, and then if he leaves, there's a question of how many days until he gets back. And, and at some point in that process also, like, why are you coming back? Um, it, it's an interesting one. Like if the birth of the, if, if the birth, like August 27th is just like, a, it's a weird date. And also like, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get too into it, but like, I like, I don't know. This is like, it's none of my business. Right. But like, honestly, if it's like August 1st, you induce, right. Cause 30, whatever weeks is gestation period. Like you're actually fine. And like, but you can't like, it's just like, what a bummer. Like just on just kind of what a bummer in a wild, wacky world where you just things you've never um, thought about and uh, all those kind of aspects. This is where we are right now. Is it suddenly, you know, the idea of like leaving what, what has always been common, like you leave, you go be with the family for the birth of your child. And then the next step is you. You fire back with a team and you kind of, there's none of that. Like you play home games, you play road games, you interact. Like there's none of that anymore. Like even worse would be if you're Mike Conley, you, you go back for the birth of the baby, you come back, you go through your testing, you're back in the bubble. And like we get hot and now you're, you, you make the Western Conference finals and you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Like I'd like to go, like, I guess at that point you're allowed to bring your family in, but I don't think you're going to bring a newborn into that circumstance. I mean, it's just crazy. So, I mean, I don't want to ingest myself into Mike's, personal life at that level it's just not um um you know it's none of our business but it's just he, he lives a public life we all know about it now um it's just crazy like it's just another layer of this story of everything that's going on in um in the world and what we're experiencing and i just as i was listening to him yesterday and on the call with him i just was like oh my gosh this is insane um and then also, frankly, like from his standpoint, like, okay, well, the easy answer is I'm not going, which, you know, a lot of people are, are going with is, but then frankly, I'm not going, like we're going on July 7th and the baby, like he's going to just sit there for eight weeks, which would have been, which again, I would totally respect. I, I'm in this circumstance, you just respect whatever decision anyone makes. But if I'm Mike Conley just kind of walking through all my choices, none of them were good. None of them are good. And it just, I mean, maybe that's his representation of, of where we are right now. So I don't know if I like, I just was sitting there when Mike said that. Yeah, his wife's due and, and Joe's dealing with the same thing. But August 27th, like ironically enough, there could not be, not that I'm big into the whole planning of birth uh, dates, but there's no question that there's not a better date in a regular NBA world and maybe not a more confusing date in the new world we're in right now. And so whatever Mike decides, you've got to fully support him on that. I think the fact that Mike, you know, seems so committed to going shows you uh, how committed he is to the team and things. Mike was also really interesting about kind of how, where he feels he is and, and how he feels about things. I'll talk about that as we continue. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street, also in Logan. And in Linden, I just drove the new Santa Fe 12 hours to El Cajon, 11 hours to El Cajon and 11 hours back this week. Um, having a, uh, you know, just it's a fabulous smooth ride. The cruise control safety features are fabulous. I wanted to change lanes once and it quickly told me I couldn't. We have inside our Santa Fe, when you uh, flip on the, Turning signal, the camera comes on right in front of you, so you actually don't have to, like it shows you, and there there was this white car in my blind spot. I was like, oh, we will not be changing lanes right now. It's absolutely fabulous car. That's what I've been driving. We actually just bought our second one of those. I'm also driving the Sonata right now, which has been uh, terrific. Super impressed by that. The Hyundai lineup of cars, there's no better sweet spot for the value you can get for the dollar, all the safety features you get, all the fun features you get, and how the car drives. Check it out, Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street as well as located in Logan and Linden. If you're going to go to Murdoch Hyundai, 
make sure that you give me an email first and I'll set you up with a VIP uh, meeting and have all of your stuff taken care of before you get there so that you uh, have a salesperson waiting for you and you uh, feel good about it uh, there. Today's show also brought to you by my good friends over at Intercap Lending. I was actually driving last night, uh, yesterday, and there was a big Intercap Lending trailer on the road. So I need to know Steve Carter. Brock, who's the Intercap Lending guy with a trailer? Steve Carter is our personal lending officer at Intercap Lending. He's done great work for us and has helped out numerous lockdown people. You can reach Steve at 385-800-8528. Steve Carter will give you... It started when Steve Carter took care of me and was just so incredibly hands-on. And I said before, and this sounds arrogant, I don't mean it that way. I wondered, is that just because we're going to do a sponsorship and I'm, you know, Radio Voice of the Jazz and do all this kind of stuff. And you know what it's turned out? No, that's just who Steve Carter is and how he treats every single client going above and beyond. He drove out to the Zions Basketball Center, had all this paperwork for me there. Their app's terrific. So you can do a lot of these things now without having to go into the office or interact. Uh, they they really, really do a good job as a direct lender. They're versatile uh, and they're evolving. And this is why they continue to blow their record out. Hey, wait a sec. Stopping by on our Instagram live right now is the great George Niang, I think. He just asked to come on. So we'll throw George on in our live. Hey, how are you, bud? Nice to hear from you. What's going on, brother? Am I on the radio show right now? You're on the podcast. And what do you always say to me? What do, I truly missed this. What do you say to me every morning when I walk into the practice facility? I, I say, David Locke, when can I get on that podcast? And I always say, Here we'll I get... Am. I, had to, I had to kick and scream my way on. Well, yeah, or I just didn't want to get in trouble. But if you do it, then I, you know, now now it all counts, right? Very true. How are you, bud? How's it going? I honest, I got to give you a great compliment. I hope, I think I sent you this in a message. I'll say it publicly. I like really missed you. Like your whole energy and your your mood and everything. I actually really missed you. My man, I appreciate that. I miss you too. Yeah, so we actually get to, we I get to Instagram live with you and Zoom with you today. You're like one of the media stars today. Man, today is a good day, ain't it? I know. How'd you like podcasting? You became a star. Oh, I loved it. You know, I got to make it my own, say what I wanted to say whenever I wanted to say it. It was lovely. And <laughs> where are you right now? Are you at the facility or are you at home? Yeah, I'm in the train. I'm in the training room. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, okay. Sorry, I shouldn't have asked that question. My bad. Yeah. All right. And how are you feeling? I don't want to do a whole interview with you. You'll do talk to the media. I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to go. A lot of the guys are ready to go. We're just getting in here four at a time, you know, working out and keeping it moving. All right. Well, you're good. Thanks for stopping by. There's your mask. I'll let you get back to getting ready. You're super nice to stop by. We've been joking about the fact that you need to do a pop in on the live request and I, I'm not gonna I'm not not gonna waste your time with a, a whole interview and all that stuff but I, I do miss you and it's good yeah. to talk to you you too David Locke I'll see you I'll talk to you soon yeah I don't know when I'll see you I like see you is like such a maybe we'll do it we'll do a socially distanced coffee at some point post bubble or maybe pre-bubble hey. That place in Memphis was high level. That was high level. That was a fun little trip. Funny. That seems like a long, long time ago. Yeah. Years. <laughs> it was only in February, I think, or January or something like that. I don't know. That's right. The walk. Well, that does seem like a long time ago. Wow. All right. Stay healthy. Thanks for stopping by. You're a good dude. I'll talk to you soon. I'm fun to interact for a second. Thanks, buddy. Later.
See ya. George Niang stopping by the uh, show. Sorry, I didn't want to do a whole interview with him and suddenly pound him uh, in that regard. I do want to get to your questions and get your thoughts um, on everything. Uh, all right, let's start with our first question coming in from Wyoming on Instagram. Uh, by the way, I don't know if I ever gave out the uh, that intercap lending um, number for Steve Carter. I think I did. I think I have a legal thing I have to say. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Uh, uh, super fun to have George stop by. What a great dude. All right. Um, I wanted to ask how you think about Mike Conley's production. So that's what I kind of teased right as we went to the, to the commercial there is Mike, I asked Mike yesterday, like on a year where he just hasn't found a rhythm and hasn't been able to get himself going, um, what what he thinks the impact of this is. And he was interesting. He really does think that the impact of this for him is going to be that he was able to settle himself, look back, understand his role now, get a restart on things, not force it the way he did. Like I think in many ways um, that the, the Jazz in, in, in many, many ways, uh, Mike just kind of kept trying to work and, and figure it out. And I think this this restart let Mike have a chance. Now, what's interesting is without Boyan, Mike is going to actually go back to Memphis, Mike, a little bit more. Very high usage rate. Um, there'll be There were really almost no times on the floor when he was the number one option. He and Jordan Clarkson started that bench unit along with George Niang. And I think uh, maybe Joe Ingles was on the floor in some of those. And, and Tony Bradley had become very successful late in the season. And, and in those circumstances, Jordan was the number one option, but I would say Mike had a little bit more. We're going to have more and more time of Mike as the number one option in this grouping. I think that's um, just, he's going to be able to come off the pick and roll and play and play his game and a little bit more of like Memphis Mike without as good of teammates as in his, in his latter role. And I think that will help him out uh, to get into that rhythm a, a decent amount. So I actually suspect that this is a restart for Mike um, I mean, it was just an awkward season. He started kind of poorly. He, he then actually, you know, if really, if you take out the first seven games, he ended up actually having exactly the season you could have expected from him. If you do, go take a look at that and you eliminate those seven games, even if you look at, um, even if you look at the, the time when he was coming back from the hamstring injury and all that, and you include those games, which is kind of unfair to him. Um, and they had him on a minute restriction. So he's not playing in rhythm. Uh, he's, his numbers are, are really what you'd what you'd expect. I mean, if you if you go and say start, let's start at eight games into the season uh, when we come back from that road trip, we play Philly at home and take it to the end of the year. And so you're dealing with a bunch of little nicks and things like that. Mike Conley's numbers in that 34 games, 42 percent from the field, 40 percent from three, 14 points a game, four rebounds, four assists. It's not like world beating but you're not gonna have three guys averaging 20 points a game the 43 percent shooting is is okay the 40 percent from three five attempts a game is superb he is assist to turnover ratio is like four to one it's not bad like you know i mean and not to mention he was you know he was obviously playing some of his best basketball when he came back from the hamstring and so you know and also if you look at the other aspect of mike and you take a look at you know the 14 games prior to the hamstring injury he's averaging 15 points four rebounds and five assists shooting 43 percent from three so even you know he had begun to find that rhythm then and then he comes back out of the hamstring and he's he's limited for so long and if you suddenly start taking a look at mike 
instead and look at Mike from the 49th game of the year when he's when he now is suddenly playing 30 minutes a game, right? So the whole span where he was under, he was so frustrated. Under that minutes restriction, the organization's doing everything they think is right for him. He's desperate to prove that he can have value and be successful for the team and doesn't like the minutes restriction and all that. If you look at his last 13 games, 46% from the field, 44% from three, 17 points, four rebounds and five assists. So he really had kind of found himself even before this. So I think even more so he's going to be better and more prepared for what's uh, going on in, in that regard. One more question comes from Blake. He says, do you think that Moutier will take a larger role than he's accustomed? And also, if so, what do you think the role would consist of? So, I mean, it's an interesting question. So we have Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, all kind of who play point. They don't play well when all three of them are on the floor together. So you're going to have to kind of, and Royce is really playing power forward now at this point with, uh, maybe not always defensively, but he's the strongest of the one. Um, so you take a look at Royce O'Neal along with George Niang are your power forwards. So now Jordan Clarkson's your fourth guard, and really you probably need a fifth guy in there, and that's Emmanuel Moutier. If the Jazz are playing quicker and faster and early driving, maybe that fits to Moutier's game a little bit. He's proved to that he's going to be able to do that and be able to have that kind of um, uh, impact positively going one-on-one and just beating people. There is a feeling out there there's going to be more isolation ball than ever before. I don't know if I believe that, but they there are people that kind of bot, feel that way and think the game's going to be that way. Um, I asked Mike about it yesterday. He said that he thinks that it's going to be um, you know, back to summer league style of, of when they were kids. Um, but he didn't really give me what he thought was the game in the game in that sense of how the game itself uh, will be different. So I think that's an interesting one to keep an eye on is whether or not, in fact, isolation play becomes more important and then Moutier uh, does have a value. So Blake, I do think that Moutier uh, could be involved. Let's go to Eric. Question on our live show. Is the league going to address Disney workers coming and going every day when Orlando County is a serious hotspot? Also, what teams will be impacted either negatively or positively with no home court advantage. So let me take the first question from Eric. I mean, the league, I don't know what you mean by the league going to address Disney workers. Disney workers are union workers. Their union's going to protect them. So I don't think you can ask them to test every single day. I think there's some restrictions on that. However, they're going to probably temperature check them and do some less evasive things there. And so if people come in with symptoms, they're probably not going to be allowed to come to work. Uh, the percentage of the population in Orange County, Florida, that has coronavirus is like point, like the numbers are big, but when you start to look at the percentage of the population in Florida that actually has it, it's a pretty populated area, that number's like 0.0002 or something like that. So if there's, I don't know how many Disney workers are, if there's a thousand Disney workers that are showing up and you're at 0.005%, you could have one of those thousand. So it's in, it seems that there's a likely, now if there's 2,000, then you'd have one. Um, the next question is, will that one person be some way of a super spreader that spreads everyone? Well, if you're reading what the CDC says, you need to make sure that you're not within six feet and you're not within over 10 minutes and all these things. I think that the, the, the amount of time that a Disney worker will be within six feet for 10 minutes of a time of an NBA player is going to be limited. And then if the players are all wearing masks and they're all wearing masks, so the that's where the bubble should work. But there's absolutely a possibility that someone's going to get the, the virus 
during this. And that's where the testing and all the protocols go in. And, and, and again, I've said this a thousand times. I'll say it a thousand more. As much as what's going on right now is to finish this season, it's so we know what we can and cannot do in December with success for the 2021 uh, 2021 season. And I think that's something we really need to remember in regards to the importance of this upcoming season. Uh, the second question in that from Eric was how would the league be impacted, teams impacted negatively or positively for the home court? Uh, Denver and Utah are the only two teams in the NBA that have a home court advantage. Um, if you go over the years traditionally and look at it, the altitude of Denver and Utah seems to be a, a true home court advantage for everyone. And in that's and so Denver and Utah would be the two teams. Now Utah has not been great at home, uh, and has been a great road team because we don't foul a lot. And traditionally, teams that don't foul are better road teams. Is that advantage gone because the games are going to be called more straight um, than they have been in the past? I, I don't know if that's I don't mean it like that. They like home court advantage and crowds seem to it, it fairly to say impact. Fans, so if you don't foul a lot on the road, you seem traditionally you have been a better road team. Well, in this setting, does that suddenly change because of the fact that you um, are no longer going to have a disadvantage of being, uh, there's no such thing as a road team. So then now all of a sudden non-foul teams and non-turnover teams, are they suddenly not giving you the same advantage uh, that they gave you before? Today's show is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Rock Auto does some pretty great stuff at rockauto.com. It's a neat company. I met with their uh, as CEO of Locked On. I met with their CEO. So their CEO, it's a family-owned company. Um, and their concept is that online, they're going to be able to give you all the selection you need. If you go to a brick-and-mortar store, you only are restricted to what they're able to put in their inventory and their shelves, and then they overprice that based on demand. Rock Auto does the exact opposite. What Rock Auto does for you is Rock Auto has a wide-ranging selection for you at all with all of the various brands for your car or in your vehicle, and they give it to you at the same low price all the time, reliably low prices. So if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, it's all the same at rockauto.com. There are no different pricing for different people. Go to rockauto.com and see their incredible, unique layout that allows you to easy to navigate and find out all the parts that are available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications and prices you prefer. RockAuto.com, right locked on on the How Did You Hear About Us as well. By the way, if you are on the live show today, locked on t-shirt, locked on award in the back, all coming from Crown Ogden and Matt Lund, He's done great work for us. My Locked On hat is not here yet. Uh, but Locked On, we met Matt through um, advertising. He talked about all the things he does so well. And now we're taking advantage of it, actually. It's a totally separate deal. It's not a trade deal at all. He's buying his advertising. And we're spending a bunch of money with Crown Ogden uh, because of the great work they put out. He's been fabulous to work with, sending me a bunch of samples. Um, has been kind of adjusted once or twice for us because we want to have our logo look differently. This is actually not the shirt we're going to use. We went to a little bit more of a vertical logo. He's been super responsive in all those things. So when you talk about Crown Ogden, you talk about their incredible laser engraving. They can put on just about anything, whether it's something you need to have 
like a gun or something like that, where you need to have your engravement on it, whether it's an award, you can do that. There's shirts like this. They do amazing shirts and things. Labels and tags for any construction equipment. Traditional plaques, glass, crystal awards and sand carvings, custom acrylic. The award uh, thing he did for me back here is so cool. So let him get your logo and see it pop. Their entire business is based on people gathering and celebrating the best things in life. There's, uh, and obviously super limited how communities are able to do that currently, but they're working on hard to make adjustments to help you. It's a great time as a company or people to send out um, awards and make people feel that touch while we're experiencing social distancing and not a part of being back in offices again. Check out Crown Ogden on Facebook. Check out Crown Ogden uh, email at crownogden at gmail.com or call Matt at 801-621-2055. That's 801-621-2055. Just so you know, we're doing t-shirts, hats, yetis, might be doing sweatshirts, all for our staff on lockdown. Special thanks to Matt Lund for all of his great work. Um, how's the Rudy and D Mitch dynamic going to be? That is from J dub farmer on Instagram. That is the big question. Everyone wants to know, you know, my take on this is the following stressful situation, young guys, first in the world to be dealing with it. First teammates to be dealing with it. We actually don't know. I think, and if you at whether or not Donovan infected Rudy, Rudy infected Donovan, or whether they both just got it separately. We actually don't know that at all. I bet they kind of know that we don't know that now. We know so much more. The stress of the whole circumstance led to a uh, uh, high-level reaction uh, on Donovan's part. Totally get it. Understand. Like, never been there before. How much at risk am I? Was it this his fault? Like, I get it. Like, uh, isolation meant that stress levels were at an even higher level than they've ever been before. Totally get it. Uh we're, what do these guys do? What's the connection of Donovan and Rudy? It's playing basketball and winning games together. Weren't allowed to do that. It's learning to try to get better together. Weren't allowed to do that. So all of the circumstances were just once in a lifetime that completely made me understand why we got such kind of an adverse reaction to what took place. And now they get back to doing what they do great, which is play basketball and be teammates and win together and share experiences. But they had no shared experience that they could have in any way during that circumstance, which just took the angst level up a little bit. So, you know, I think that's the key here is them having some more shared experiences to be able to build back that relationship and remember how great each of them are as players and what they can do together. So, you know, the answer to your question, I think, is that once they're playing basketball and get to be together, that's what they do. That's the relationship. That's where they're together. And that's what was stripped from them in the midst of an incredibly uh, brutally uh, stressful situation. From Tyler, do you see Q rolling with a nine-man lineup or does he reduce to eight players to prepare for the playoffs out of the gate? I think you've got to go with nine. Everyone's very worried about injuries coming back and I think we're, everyone's going to reduce minutes just out of instinct. I don't know if we're going to have it medically backed. I think it's just going to be instincts, which is fine. Like That's why you have experts. Um, what I don't know is like does playing every other day somehow open you up to having guys play more minutes because they're at their peak of what they're doing and and who you know and how they're playing so um i think that that the eight or nine man rotations i think early you're gonna see nine maybe ten maybe eleven and particularly in those eight seeding games where it's not as important where you end up seated i mean it seems unlikely that denver is going to catch the clippers they have a tough schedule and Jokic has just come off COVID and they're a 
team that loses home court. Um, and, you know, the Jazz, um, so three through six is fine. You'd like to avoid seven and play the Clippers, avoid playing the Clippers in the first round, though, frankly, personnel why the Clippers, as great as they are, allow Rudy to stay at the rim. So that's actually easier for us than some other matchups. Like Houston, he can't stay at the rim. It's harder for him to stay at the rim against Denver. Dallas, he doesn't get to stay at the rim. Clippers, he gets to stay at the rim, right? Because Montrez Harrell and Zubak, they're not going smaller than that. Unless they, they had to play Jermichael Green at the five against us, and that's a pretty good trade. Like, if they're pulling their, their best players to them, then that works out for us. Um, so I think that that's... Um, I, I think when you look at that matchup-wise... So I think you might see a 10 and 11-man rotation in this time period because it's not... Those games aren't as important. It's a good opportunity. And frankly, from the Jazz standpoint... You could just decide you're going to play Jarrell Brantley 15 minutes a night and Juwan Morgan for 15 minutes a night on different nights and use that to be able to get a test on them that you could never get otherwise. It's such a better test than Summer League. It's such a better test than anything you're going to get in the preseason. These are real NBA games being played, and you've got these two guys. You want to see what they can do. You could get a 60 minutes of sample size out of each of them if you just decide you're going to play them in these games and and you know, you can't rest. The rest rules are still in. So I think there's still some, it's difficult, but that's also an opportunity here where you stretch the rotation a little bit. Uh, any chance of Boyan playing? The answer to that is no. Will any local media be going to Orlando or will games only be available on national outlets? So Bowler and uh, Thurler Matt, I don't know, will be broadcasting the games. Ron and I will be broadcasting the games. We will be doing them from Salt Lake City. So local media will be involved, but we'll be in Salt Lake City. The Jazz will have a representative from the uh, social media team and the dot-com team going there and giving reports from there. So you'll be able to um, see, get an insight at utahjazz.com from that. And then I'll uh, probably be tapping in to that person a ton of times, both on our radio broadcast and hopefully here on Lockdown Jazz as well, uh, to get reports on what it's like and, and what's going on. So we'll have that for you um, here and there if they, if they make him available to me. Um, so that'll be great, uh, and have that insight for you. Um, so, but the local media will, Ron and I will be calling the game from the studios, which will be a unique, um, experience. George Niang's a really, really good guy. Thanks for having him on the live feed. He's the best. He's just the best. Um, is Donovan Mitchell capable of scoring 30 points a game? In this stretch. I think it's an interesting load he's going to have to carry. Particularly if Mike leaves, then he's really carrying the load. And though it's going to be really interesting, if Mike leaves, he's playing point guard trying to carry the load while involving teammates, which I think will be a difficult uh, process for him. I think we talked about it earlier on Lockdown Jazz, if you heard a few episodes back, about Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is the model for him to be able to get to that point where he's averaging... Um, where he's averaging 30 points a game. And the model is for him, it's more catch and shoot threes than off the bounce threes, which is going to be difficult if he's playing point guard. And it's getting the free throw line a few more times, which I think from my research is gaining fouls before you shoot rather than trying to gain fouls at the rim. You're going to garner that foul in the paint non-restricted area on contact and then go up with your shot. You're not going to get them at the rim with the way verticality is in the league right now. So I think... You know, it's an evolution for him in this circumstance. He might be forced to, but to do it well, which is the next step, and I think he's capable of it. It's a few more threes, a few, uh, and I think more catch and shoot threes. So it has to do with the offense adjusting to him a little bit, and it has to him doing getting the free throw line three or four more times 
a game. That is Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much. You guys are super. I appreciate all your questions and all your comments. Thanks so much. It is Locked on Jazz. Locked on NBA I did with Ben Golliver today. Tribute to my, talked about Maya Moore and her incredible work. Talked about the Western Conference matchup. So right now, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NBA. Thank you. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back. So that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando. And Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA. So if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.